What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Uh, healthy life. Uh, yeah, I'm well. Don't really, you know, too far away. I would really like my microphone to stay consistent. Just, just want to point. That I out. would like for it to stay consistent too. It's, it's too loud. Then it's too quiet. And then it's normal. But you got to be on it. I don't understand it. You've got the craziest microphone. And it, I think it's just the Windows updates. It has to be the Windows updates because it's been fine for the last few days. And then it's just I've, all of a sudden it started acting up. I So it's still set at 100% in Windows. No clue. All right. Uh, this morning, we like to talk about space here on the morning show. We do it quite a bit. And I thought this one was kind of interesting. This is not about space travel per se. It's not about humans going to Mars or Elon Musk putting astronauts at the ISS or anything like that. This is a strange one, and I thought we should talk about it. Memorial space flight. Now, what does that mean? Cremated remains will be flying to the moon on a private lander in 2021. So if everything goes according to plan, the DNA of legendary sci-fi writer Arthur C. Clarke will be placed on the moon next year. That's fitting because the moon is also home to a fictional alien monolith described in or described by Clark in his Space Odyssey, uh, which is a series uh, and rendered into visual visual manifestation by Stanley Kubrick's epic movie, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. So a Pittsburgh-based company, Astrobotics, is scheduled to launch in July 2021 atop a United Launch Alliance Vulcan Centaur rocket. Wow. Uh, that's the Vulcan rocket, I suppose, that they use, or the, uh, the eight? No, wait a minute. I, I'm thinking Atlas. The Atlas rocket. That's one NASA used. Anyway, uh, from Cape, Cape Canaveral, Florida, uh, and then land in an area on the northeastern part of the moon called uh, Lacus Mortis or Lacus Mortis, something like that. Uh, among the many payloads on the robotic lander are capsules containing symbolic portions of cremated remains and DNA samples, a service offered by Houston based Celestis Incorporated. Celestis calls the upcoming mission Luna 2 or the Tranquility Flight. This latter name honors both the Apollo missions, Apollo 11 touched down the moon's Sea of Tranquility, and describes the final resting place and peace of man, or excuse me, and peace of mind for participants and their families, said the founder and CEO, Charles Schaefer. What do you think, Bruce? You want to get buried on the moon? Uh, just a quick a quick note on uh, that uh, Lycus Mortis lot. Uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking here. I, I don't it's know. Lot, but it stands for Lake of Death. Interesting. Um, would I be cremated and put on the moon? You know, sure. Moon, space. I, I don't know. I, see, I, I I don't plan on dying. See, that's the thing is I plan on going synthetic and being a pain in the ass to all these uh, elitists. So, you know, just that's that's my plan. So I, I don't plan on being cremated. But no, uh, uh, realistically, no. Yeah, I would be for it. Sure. Uh, the problem is, is the debt you would leave behind for your family and whatnot paying for that if if you, you know weren't wealthy beforehand. Well, I don't see anything here where it costs. Like, I don't... Oh, here we go. Here we go. Reservations for the Luna 2 flight, which had a posted sharing price of $12,500 a piece, are now closed. So apparently you that's, can't... Yeah. That's actually not bad. That That's... That's, a, a that's about the cost of a funeral. Average funeral. Yeah. So, huh. Interesting. The... um, I, I don't know... 
that specific location on the moon, by the way, has lava tubes and um, other uh, other things there. A little bit of um, geological ag- activity in that area. So I don't know if that's caused by the impact because it looks like there was an impact in that area. So it could easily be from, you know, when a meteor hit, it, it created those things. Or maybe there's some kind of geological activity there on the moon. Uh, maybe the moon is alive in terms of planets uh, are concerned. So. Yeah, I'd be for it. Apparently, there is another company out there that's doing this. Uh, they're called Elysium Space, and they're charging $9,950 for the first 50 participants on the mission, and then $11,950 for later reservations. So, Still, yeah. that's that's fairly close to what a normal see, funeral costs. But see, it's not, yeah, but see, it's not the whole amount of your remains. It's only a portion of them. That's all it is. Uh, are they meaning, so technically when you're cremated, it's not the whole of your remains anyway. So are they meaning just... True, but it would just the, be, the, like for example, they say a wide variety of people will take uh, the, uh, the the Tranquility Memorial Space Journey to the moon, uh, including yeah, blah, blah, blah. But what they do is they take uh, a portion of the cremated remains and then uh, they will be placed on one of the capsules on board the... Uh, the, the craft and then flown up there and then you know deposited like that's that's what it is so a part of you is is there but not all of you okay can I can I, can I just have like a living DNA sample frozen and put up there instead well so that, it, you know it has to be something that is a, a readable DNA sample that's what the idea is here so you're not far off okay so yeah sure I mean that means in the future they'll have some clone of me so I mean, it's it's entirely possible that, you know, if, if there's ever uh, any kind of an atmosphere on the moon, you might just spring up out of a primordial soup or something somewhere. <laughs> right. It's possible. I mean, you know, who knows? Uh, yeah. No. Nah. All right. Well, from uh, from the, from outer space down to the ocean. We talked about these uh, once before mega yachts. You know, I, I like these things. I, I think the concepts are cool. I, I'm always a fan of concepts. So I like concept cars. I've always loved concept cars. Concept cars are extremely attractive to me, but they're always crap when they come out. It's always junk. So they they never actually make a concept look like what it's supposed to. The only exception to that would be Elon Musk and Tesla. He says their goal is to not only make the concept a reality, but they want the they want the final product to be better than the concept that they show. So uh, there's a company that has uh, created a new 450 million pound, which I think is around 600 million dollars, uh, mega yacht resembling a shark, uh, and it comes complete with its own helipad and its own port, so you can actually can actually dock other ships on it. I mean, that's that's fantastic. I, I probably wouldn't say ships. I would say boat. Well, yeah, boats, things like that. Well, you can yeah. dock smaller yachts on, you know, things yeah. like that. So if you wanted to take, you know, a little fishing trip out somewhere, you know, off the, you know, yeah. 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 The uh, the 501 long uh, prodi- prodigium or something, I, I, I don't know, uh, has pools and three different levels on the top deck in the lounge area is surrounded by marble columns. Uh, at least 40 guests would be able to stay on the yacht at any one time, plus a crew of 30. The vessel combines the civilized ancient design with modern toys and luxuries and has room for three helicopters and eight jet skis. With its 34 meter width and a unique stylish, uh, the unique and stylish yacht is also the wildest boat ever conceived and is still capable of reaching a crushing speed of around 22 knots. That's fast for a yacht. That's really fast for a yacht. 
It has two garages, two extendable terraces, which fold out from the side like fins, and extend seven meters, allowing vessels to be stored on them. So, hell, you can just take your cars with you. This one-of-a-kind mega yacht has six different floors and a total, or in total, and the main living area is on the upper level and is designed to resemble a shark. Does this thing have an elevator in it? Huh. Uh, it's got three pools, uh, three pools on three different levels. Uh, and the top deck has one, yeah, top deck, mid deck, and uh, lower deck actually has it, yeah. And the lounge area is surrounded by marble columns. Uh, the sleek carbon and aluminum vessel also has a private port uh, in its rear, which is able to house smaller yachts of up to 30 meters. That's still pretty good sizes. Says on the top deck, if guests, yeah, if guests wants to, ex- uh, if guests want to explore the ocean from a different vantage point, is room for up to three helicopters at a time. Spokeswoman for the designer, uh, uh, Lazarini Designs said that it is the second of the uh, second of the nature-inspired mega yacht that Mr. Lazarini or Lazarini has developed and took his first inspiration from a swan. The latest design takes its inspiration from an ancient Roman architecture, and parts of it are also inspired by the shapes of a shark. Honestly, it doesn't. When I look at it, it looks like a, a, a it looks like a boat on top of a boat. If that makes sense. I mean, it to does, me, that's yeah. that's kind of what it looks like. It looks more akin to sci-fi stuff. More, there's been a few helmets I've seen in science fiction that uh, it more resembles than a shark. Or are they meaning the interior of the design? It looks like a shark. I don't, I don't know. I can't I actually know. see this on this for some reason. I don't know. This is this is actually going to be... Uh, if they can actually build this, this would be interesting. Uh, but earlier this year, a 414-foot four, super yacht formerly owned by Microsoft uh, co-founder Paul Allen uh, went on sale for 295 million euros, uh, which is about 222 million pounds. The mega yacht called Octopus has a capacity for 26 passengers who can be fitted in 13 cabins, along with two heliports, seven boats, and a small yellow submarine that can host eight people for two weeks underwater. How much money do you actually need? <laughs> Seriously. The boat also has a nightclub, a cinema, a basketball court, and a recording studio on board used by Mick Jagger, as well as a glass-bottomed observation deck, swimming pool, hot tub, and library. And you could just live on that thing. You'd never have to come off of it, except to get food. Hell, you could just get it flown out to you, I suppose. But uh, yeah, anyway, I always find those things fascinating. Looks like it even has solar panels and whatnot on top of it. I would expect it to. All right, on over to tech. Parlor. We're on Parlor. I'm on Parlor. Marty's on Parlor. I don't think you're over there yet, Bruce, but uh, we'll get you there one of these days. But because of the election, a lot of people are walking away from social media. Don't blame them. I've been telling people quite some for quite some time, get away from that stuff. The CEO of Parlor, John Matz, was on Tucker Carlson just the other night on Fox News. And he said that, uh, of course, Parlor is, is just exploding with popularity because people are leaving. They're looking for another place to go. Uh, and he, sa- he says, uh, John Matz, he says, what we're seeing is is a massive explosion in growth because people trust that Parler is going to do the right thing. As opposed to other mediums in the industry where moderation seems to be the norm, Parler has a community jury in which users decide what content is allowed and prohibited. You're judged by what your peers, just like our government, allows for people. You're innocent before proven guilty, unlike these other platforms that are colluding to find things to find you guilty for, which is what they're doing. I mean, look at the mobs. You say something on Twitter, you lose your job. I'm actually not fully on board with uh, having the users to define what material is acceptable and not acceptable. Um, that's more akin to like full on democracy. And that's not I, I don't like that. I would rather them have a policy and say, look, we allow free speech unless it's illegal. OK, that's it. Uh, like any any other content past that point, 
Um, I, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it, people's own page, their own thread, whatever, right? Whatever you want to call it. I feel like they should have more control of it themselves, right? So think of it like the the best I could explain it is look at the comment section for like a YouTube channel or or Twitch stream or you know Mixer, whatever whatever platform you have there, right? Whoever the broadcaster is or the um, streamer, the content creator is, they essentially have control of the chat channel, right? And whatever they say goes in that chat channel. But there's over there's overarching rules the like TOS, right? So I would be fine personally if it was a these are the these are the rules to stay on the platform. But then you could have rules as a uh, content creator or or someone on you know like on your page, your thread, whatever you want to call it, that you can kind of regulate. So if people, I don't know, uh, I don't know, giving you more control over over what people can post on your thread specifically, right? And be able to delete posts and censor however you want. That gives the user control on their own scape, their own world view, if you will. Oh, I, I'm, I I'm more okay with that circle than... I think it's how Facebook know. was originally intended, was that. was That's kind of how, yeah, Facebook and Twitter both kind of did it that way in the beginning. So I don't yeah, know. I, I'm go, good with that, but I, I, don't, yeah, I don't like I mean, the other. Facebook, I think, was, was supposed to be something where someone could come over and like write on your wall or something. I mean, that's, that's kind of what it used to be. And then somehow or another, it changed. I, I don't know where or how. I don't know. I've, I've never really been on Facebook, so I, I haven't followed it. But that's initially how it started. I remember about, I don't know, I want to say like 15 years ago when Facebook was still a college thing. I, I want to say that uh, somebody was explaining to me, a uh, college student at the time was explaining to me what it was all about. And they were going down through and showing me their page and said, oh, well, this is your wall. People can write on it and this and that. And I'm like, OK, well, why would you want to do that? In the very early days, I thought this is just this is ridiculous. Why would you want this? You know, it's, it's just I mean, what people come over and write stuff, and then you can just and that, that I think that's what it was. When somebody writes something up there, if you didn't like it, well, you could just take it down. Okay, which I mean, if you think about it, if you think about it, back in the days, and I'm going going back to my colleges here. Back in the days, college dorms before social media, we didn't have social media, but back in those days, if you went to someone's dorm room and they weren't there, everyone had a dry erase board on their door. You would write a message for them on their door. So essentially, I think that's where they got the idea. I'm just guessing here. But again, that's turn of the century, you know, 20, 20 years ago. So it was obviously you couldn't leave somebody because there were no phones, right? I mean, you had you had them, but they were very expensive and you could only talk so much on them. And you didn't want to carry this big brick around in your pocket, right? That's what it was. So you couldn't call somebody and leave a voicemail. You couldn't find out where they were. So you had to leave them a note. And that's what they would have. Someone would have a note a notepad or a um, or something on their door and that's what you would do so i know that sounds archaic to uh to the kids out there these days but that's how they used to do it so or you'd have a note you'd write a note down you'd slip it under the door and they'd get it when they get in that's what it was hey we were here you weren't sorry we missed you but now you're here and we're not so i mean that's that's what it was yeah uh call me when you get in you know here's my number but anyway as uh john matz went on he says uh social media was supposed to be about people was supposed to be about the people it's supposed to be about people having a free voice, being able to be liberated from restrictions. 
That's what we're here to offer is a community town square for people to have discussions. Hence why Parler has the thousand character limit and not the, what is it? Twitter has like 160 or something or whatever. Uh, I, th- I think they increased it uh, a few years back. It's it's like 200 and something now, I think. Oh, or, or how generous. Like that. How maybe, generous. It may be actually higher than that. Um, tell you, 280. So they 280. OK. Carlson expressed that he was struck by the mainstream media's response to the free speech endeavor, noting that he observed that every quote and I'm quoting here. Every mentally ill extremist in the world has a Twitter account, but CNN looks the other way. That's true. Antifa's got a Twitter account. BLM's got a Twitter account. Nancy Pelosi's got a Twitter account. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the uh, uh, the holy man the holy man of uh, what's his name the Ayatollah he's got a Twitter account. Kim Jong Un I think you even said the other day he's got a verified uh, Twitter account. Yeah, he hasn't used it in years, but they yeah. they, they do. Uh, Carlson asked, you've offered an alternative to that, and suddenly you're an extremist. All these They're calling John Massett extremists now. Yeah. Why is corporate media so afraid of what you're doing, he asked. And he acknowledged uh, that he asks his opponents what they think of the First Amendment. Do you believe that we should have somebody in New York, let's say in the middle of Times Square, telling you what you can and cannot say? Because that's exactly what these companies are doing. As Twitter continues to crack down on election-related content from right-wing accounts, conservatives have been flocking to Parler. Now more popular than TikTok, Zoom, and YouTube. Well, I mean, if you behave like an ass, I'm talking to the tech companies, then people are going to walk away from you. The free market of ideas will put you out of business, and only the truly stupid will be left in your echo chambers. That's all that's going to happen here. I just want to refine my stance a little bit. After hearing his explanation of what they're attempting to do, that is literally what a public square is. Literally, a public square is the society deciding what is acceptable and not acceptable. So putting it in, in that perspective, I understand what they're doing. I tend to be more of a, 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 freedom, a free speech absolutist. I'm more of a uh, all speech is free speech. I want to know exactly where you stand. I don't care if it's violent. I don't care if it's calling for violence or if it's grotesque. I want to know what your speech is, where you stand, what your position is, right? And I want that to be able to be freely exchanged. Now, does that mean I don't believe that people should be um, observed more closely for some of the things that they said that, for example, calling for violence? Well, I mean, I guess that's for the people to decide, really. Society. I would say no, though. You know, I talked to uh, Marty a while back and he he said when we first got onto Parler, he, he was concerned that all the voices over there, he says they all seem to be agreeing with each other. And he says, this is not what we need. He says, we need alternative viewpoints. We need discussion. We need dialogue. And I said, I understand what you're saying. And, and I, I do get that that viewpoint myself uh, from time. Well, at least I used to. But I said, don't worry about it. I said, just stay on it. Trust me. And he said, well, OK, what, what are you getting at? And I said, the problem's going to naturally correct itself. And he says, well, what do you mean? I said, as time goes on, and this agenda that we're going to talk about later on this afternoon, as it continues to get played out, people will walk away. Once people figure out that they're being deceived, they're being lied to, they're being conned, they're being led on, and they're being shut down, they'll naturally walk away from those platforms, naturally. And they will go to parlor. And that's precisely what's happening here. So, I mean, it's it's only a matter of time. The tech companies know what's coming. You know, if you look at the responses that Zuckerberg and Dorsey are, are taking right now in the Senate, the, the lawyers that they have are telling them to answer in a certain way. You notice they're changing their tone a little bit. Senator Blumenthal was grilling. Of course, you know who I'm talking about. He was grilling. um, Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice facial expression there, Bruce. I can tell you're really a fan of his. (laughs) He was grilling Mark Zuckerberg uh, yesterday, telling him 
uh, or uh, I guess he was telling him, but he was in in the form of a question, telling him to take down Steve Bannon's Facebook page. And he says, are you willing to commit to take down Steve Bannon's Facebook page? Because Bannon's kicking their teeth in on his podcast every day. And Zuckerberg said, no. What, why would we do that? Is he violating any terms of our uh, of our agreements? Why, why would we do that? So the lawyers know. The, the lawyers know. So they're telling them to take a certain stance. Now, if they knew that they were going to be clean on this one and it was going to be their guy, then he would take it down, I think. But I think they're singing a different tune now that they realize that the wind's blowing the other direction. Uh, the other thing is, is why are you so scared of these voices? Why are you scared? This, this is my... Part of my stance on freedom of speech, right? The the why I'm such an absolutist on this. If someone brings forward an argument, uh, they bring forward some kind of speech that you don't like. You're given the opportunity. You're you're free to express your speech. You know to counter their speech, right? If you cannot legitimately counter their speech, then number one. Either you're going to have to do a little bit more research on your part and find out the arguments and and find out where you believe. Or number two, maybe your argument is wrong. So that's what they're scared of. They're scared of people thinking critically, thinking for themselves. And uh, so that honestly, that's why I like the idea of of absolute free speech is it's a it's a free market of ideas, right? If if the ideas are out there freely and you can you can partake of them as you will. Yes, you're going to have these crazy conspiracy theorists uh, talking about ridiculous stuff like lizard people, for example. It happens. It's going to happen. We already have it happening. Um, regulating what wait people minute, can minute. and can't say is going to make it worse. Let, let's not gloss over this. Bruce, are you saying there's not lizard people? I'm saying there's no evidence to support the fact that there is lizard people. We'll put it that way. Okay. All right. All right. I can go. I can go with that. I can go with that. Yeah. So um, uh, that so that's not a denial, but that's not a support either. If you can give me proof, all right, all right. Yes, but CN- anyway. CNN said so. Is yeah, that right. enough? They fact checked it. It's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not good enough. Um, but you, you, you don't believe Jake Tapper or or Don Lemon or or <laughs> Chris Cuomo? One of these people, if they came no. out and said that there were lizard people living underneath the. Uh, uh, the, the city hall in Los Angeles, you wouldn't believe him? No, no, no? I don't think I would believe him. It, <laughs> it would take a little bit more proof than just their word. Yeah. 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 Question of integrity there, right? Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, even even if I had a family member that or, or a, a friend that I trust that said, uh, for example, if you came and said to me that there's lizard people and you brought no evidence for it, I would be like, yeah, I don't believe you. There's no evidence. I mean, Fair so... Enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But if you prevented evidence and could prove it without, you know, without the shadow of a doubt, then all right. Okay. Uh, Parler, which was recently crowned the most downloaded free application on Apple's mobile app store and Google's Play Store. Throughout the election week, Parler experienced nearly 1 million installations from November 3rd to November 8th, pushing a total of 3.6 million, according to research firm Sensor Tower. Wait, in five days? Five days. Wow. Congrats to them. That's a yep. that's a big big jump. Told you, five days. it's happening. I figured with all the the censoring we've been seeing with the the Hunter Biden nonsense and then uh, the election stuff, I, I figured with oh, in COVID. Quick quick you know. thing on that. Yeah, quick thing on that. The uh, the Biden thing, the Hunter Biden thing. The senators that were investigating that that was announced yesterday, Grassley, I think was one of them. He was just diagnosed with COVID nineteen. <laughs> Funny, huh? Yeah, how convenient. Day after he makes that statement, huh? 
gets diagnosed with COVID-19. It's almost like it's it just the Probably. virus knows. The virus knows. Yeah, it just it, it knows, it, Bruce. Yeah, it's it sentient. Yeah, that's that's the new threat. It's sentient. We got to, you know, anyway. <laughs> Parlor's homepage values that content creators can, quote, speak freely and express yourself openly without fear of being deplatformed for your views. That's not true in all cases, to be fair, because if you go on and you start yelling profanity mindlessly, like one of these unhinged lunatics, and you start putting up photos of like your your private parts and you start posting up like nudity and things like that. Yeah, they're going to kick you off because yeah. they can't have that. So, I mean, there are yeah. exceptions to this. D don't be an idiot. Right. Give your viewpoint, but have some sense about yourself. I, I understand Wait, that people that are emotionally driven can't do that, but you mean be a civilized human being? Yes. I know it's a crazy concept, this day and age. I, know. I don't, I don't know terrible. that I want to be on there. It's asking a lot. I know. It's, I know. I know. Uh, in a September statement published on a conservative radio hosts and high profile investigator uh, investor, Dan Bongino, uh, Parler pledged to offer, uh, quote, uncensored real time election coverage that would honor the right of all individuals to speak and hear freely and to decide for themselves what to think. God, what are we going to do? What are we going to, Bruce, when we have extremists like this getting into the, I mean, getting out there into, into people's phones, we, we can't have this. Where, where's, senators... where's the call to censor this? Where's the call to censor this? I'm, I'm, uh, that's actually what I was going to point out is. Uh, Where what, is Senator Blumenthal? It was, when it we was either senators or it was, I'm pretty sure it was senators, but we had some high profile people saying they needed to censor Parler and it, they needed to shut down Parler, like get rid yeah. of it completely. I remember that. I can't think of who it was, yeah, but I remember, I don't remember that remember now. Who it was interesting. Which you know what? Again, they're calling they're calling John Matz an extremist. It's only a matter of time. You, you know they're going to start targeting him. So I mean, it, it, look, this is precisely why these people can't be allowed to take power. They take power, then voices like us. I mean, we're we're going to go away. To be honest with you. Who are we? We're just we're just nobodies, right? They're going to go after the big guys first, the ones that are out there that have the, the public eye, the, the big influencers. But when they go after them and they knock them off, it's going to be that much easier for them to come down on small guys like us. But uh, we are going to have to go. So thanks for sitting down this morning, Bruce. And thank you to all the listeners for all these topics more, which today I think we're going to talk uh, what the world's going to look like in the year 2030, or at least what some people think it'll look like. So be sure to check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning.